Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Welcome, everybody, to the Playing Hooky Podcast. My name is Rachel. And I'm Nathan. Thank you for joining us. We are just one or two days late, maybe, on getting this posted because we have been some sick mo. Bows. I caught a little bug, added into my regular fall time allergies and a sinus infection, and Nate decided he was going to get all splotchy, and we I have got been... splotchy. He got super <laughs> splotchy. Long story short, we've now changed all of our laundry detergent, yeah. and everything has been washed, <clears throat> because apparently... The uh, delicate flower over here sad boy. has developed an allergy to detergents to and soaps. Yeah. yeah, which is you know, is so it like you do? I'm on steroids now. Yeah, which is so a delight. You you you've under uh, undersold your sickness. She she says she caught a little bug, but he, basically, I got real sick. I had a fever, had some kind of virus, and then my body's like, oh, how about this? Guess what? We're just going to take all of your immune system and then hold on to all the bacteria in your nose and your sinuses. And then I got a sinus infection. So it was unpleasant. And I was sick for like about seven full days. It yeah, was, I'm yeah. trying to think of like within the context of our last recording where we kind of fell into that because I've, I've been on steroids for like nine days now. So I think uh, our last recording must have been a day or two before I got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, or I don't know. Like the Wednesday before, and I think you got, maybe you were starting to get a little sick that day we recorded. Yeah, who knows? Who yeah, knows? Something. Something. But it was it was pretty bad, and so I caught some kind of bug, some kind of virus or something. I don't know, just, you know, out and about like you do. Not the flu. Maybe the flu, but probably not the flu. Um, but everyone should get their flu shot, because I heard a story on the radio today about, like, how important it is to get your flu shot. And, and there was a doctor who was on there talking, and he's like, yeah, last year I had a patient... Uh, who was like a young father uh, and, you know, a guy in his early 30s and he didn't have a flu shot and he got the flu and um, he was in the hospital for two months and had to be on oxygen for a full year after that from the flu. Now, not to say that you necessarily won't catch the flu or get sick at all if you get a flu shot because that's just not how that works, but you can definitely probably lower your risk of catching the friggin' flu that's going to put you in the hospital for uh, two months. It's not just for old people. Uh, everyone can get the flu and the flu yeah. shot, as it turns out. Also, so that's my PSA for also, the fall. Uh, if you're vaping, stop. Um, yeah. Right? So. Like you said something <laughs> the other day. Like, okay, like I get that there's a whole culture around vaping, and I get that a lot of people, including some family members, have used it to stop smoking cigarettes. But you said something the other day that was like really funny. It's like, how fucking delusional do you have to be that you think heating up oil and sucking it into your lungs is healthy? And I was right. like, yeah, <laughs> like it's. It might be an alternative. It's not necessarily a good alternative, no. you know. Like, See, I, I, I don't know. I, the reason I, why I, I, I try not to judge because I've never had an issue with like smoking or anything like that. But clearly, I, uh, there's a there's something going on. I feel like I am fully licensed and equipped to judge. You are licensed and equipped I, to I judge. A, yeah, I was a smoker for over twenty years, and, and you vaped right for well, a short term. I, so I was a smoker, mm-hmm. and then I tried to vape as an alternative, and um, then I quit. Because finally, I was like, I want to quit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why vaping didn't last was because it was awful. It felt terrible. It like didn't feel good. It made me choke. It made me gag. And I was like, so you were so well conditioned to cigarettes that vaping was like taking on smoking for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so I, I knew right away. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't for me. So not to get like you know wildly a hair up her ass, but like. You are taking a chemical and you're changing it from a liquid to a gas. 
and smashing it into your throat, Mm -hmm. into your lungs. And if you've ever seen someone vape, you know they're vaping. You know they're not smoking because the just the sheer amount of, yeah. of like of vapor. <laughs> it's weird because I was driving behind someone who was vaping the other day, and it was a nice day, and everybody had their windows down. And the guy at first, I was like, "Oh my god, is his car on fire?" But he was just like <laughs> vaping and blowing this the the smoke or vapor or whatever out of this car window, mm-hmm. and it was such a large plume. No joke, it looked like dude's car was like you know smoking yeah. or something. So, so. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a consistent thing among a lot of people that I know, where they're now getting sick and they're getting illnesses that are consistent with smoking because. It's not. It is an alternative to smoking, but it's not a safe alternative. Right. So, anyways, that's well, just. Well, and like, okay, but you we said we care about you, we, so stop doing the stupid stuff you're doing because we want you to watch our videos. Yeah, and, and we want you to be healthy and to yeah. Well, you said something else that I think is really insightful. So, like these things, these cell phones that we carry around with us are some of the nastiest, dirtiest things we own because we touch it all the time mm-hmm. and we wash our hands, but we're not really washing our cell phone. I mean. I know a lot of you guys take this this bad boy into the toilet with you, right? And like also like just you're touching things all day and you're washing your hands, you're not watching your mm-hmm. phone and like you carry your phone in your pocket all the time. Well, you know, you can wash your hands and you can maybe like you know wash your face at the end of the day if you've had a call. But think about it, like your a lot of people's like vape pen or whatever, especially the smaller ones, I won't name brands, but the smaller ones that are meant to be compact. Uh, you know, sit in your pocket with your phone and all your change and all your garbage all day, right. and then you're taking it and putting it in your mouth and then sucking on it. Like, yeah, the, the, it's probably not the most sterile thing you could be doing. The, the vape machines that I've seen, both the ones that I've used and I've watched other people use, come in essentially two sizes. One is like the tiny little stick mm-hmm. that, you know, they puff on like a cigarette, right? And I've never seen anybody washer or clean the tip of their yeah there there probably your... are products out there that you can use to kind of like sanitize it a mm-hmm. little i'm sure like yeah. the industry's got to have those products hand I don't sanitizer know. you're better off drinking straight alcohol than you are sucking on that vape but or they come in these like machines that people carry around with them all day right and so what's happening is you have this machine that you're doing this number to all day long right like a cup and if if you had a cup if you had one cup that you took around with you all day and you never fucking sanitized it and you never cleaned it. Imagine all of just the surface germs and bacteria that you're accumulating. And vaping is lowering your immune system. It's compromising you. Probably. And I so, don't know the science and, behind and so, it, but you're probably right. And, and if you say it's not, you're full of shit. Um, pardon me, but that's just ridiculous. And, and then, you know, you're just taking these bacteria germs either from your pocket or just the open air all day long. And everybody that vapes carries their vape around with them all day. Yeah. So, so it's probably, you know, so, you know, if you vape, uh, you know, maybe put some thought into put it. Put some thought into it. Or if you don't vape, maybe stop eating so many French or, fries. You know, I don't do know. What pick, you a, want. It's your world. pick a vice and try to make your life yeah. a little healthier. Or don't, because yeah. life is short and fucking let's party. Right. I mean, maybe you like hooky, vaping and right? it feels good and that's, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not for me. It's not for him. Although, uh,. You know, putting, I mean, a, putting a step in between you and not smoking is, seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like 
I feel like I don't have like a leg to stand on because I've never been a smoker. I have smoked before, but I like, you know, a couple times at a party or like at a bar or something like that. I've never been like a habit smoker. So I can't really say like, oh, vaping is stupid. But as someone who smoked for a long time and will probably have to suffer the repercussions of that eventually in your life, even already, because, you know, like, can, can you run a mile yet? Really, uh, no, really, not, really not, easily. Not well, no. Yeah, so your lungs are still healing. As a person who smoked for a long time and tried vaping, I feel like you're an authority, maybe, to tell people like, "Hey, mm-hmm. quitting is important, and is. quitting is possible." Um, so, and even though, like, I, I occasionally, I'm like, "Oh, I remember what it's like to smoke," and I, I, I have that nostalgia for it. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in, in actually having a cigarette. It's good. So it's possible. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's not why you're here. No. You're not here for us to be preachy about yeah, your healthy like, lifestyle. Shut up yeah, already. shut up until we talk talking. about what are you talking about? Um, so we <clears throat> in being sick, we didn't go out and do a lot of research um, on things. We just kinda pulled from what we had around the house and things that we knew that we liked. And coincidentally, we kinda came up with a theme for today. Um, we've been working on reading some books, but you know, when I'm like laying on the couch with a hundred degree fever, I'm not really super interested in reading a book. I'm more interested in sleeping. So that was kind of my life for the past two weeks and then catching up on work and on things around the house. So we decided it would be easier just to kind of watch some movies. <clears throat> One movie that I really like a lot um, that I'd seen a long time ago and I've seen it many times was The Aviator. And it was like one movie that Nate surprisingly had never seen. So Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese. Leonardo DiCaprio plays Howard Hughes. And I was like, Nate, we got to watch this. And we found a copy pretty easily at Half Price Books. And then Nate was like, I can't believe you've never seen Wolf of Wall Street. And I was like, no, of course not. I've not seen Wolf of Wall Street because I was in school for a million years and didn't basically watch any movies that came out between like 2012 and 2016. Um, um, and so we watched that. So it's like a DiCaprio, Scorsese, like combo punch. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you really briefly uh, kind of talk through what The Wolf of Wall Street is about? Because that was a movie you brought to the table that I watched. Yeah. Um, well, before I get into... Or we can do this however you want. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> before you talk of that, you want to get into something else? No, you know. Do I got something on me? No. Oh, no. you did like one of these nose things. Yeah. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Don't give me coffee. <laughs> before you do this, what, well, anyways. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, the beginning of the story uh, with the aviator, mm. I'd never even heard of the aviator. I didn't oh, even really? Know, no, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. I didn't even know that was a movie. Um, in retrospect, I had heard of it, but. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio did another movie, I think it's called The Great Gatsby, that kind of takes place... Yeah, it's like, similar time frame. Right. I, I, I 1920s. Don't actually, I don't know if Roaring it actually 20s. is or not, but um, I confuse the two. Because, like, the, the Aviator, to me, was a story about a guy who, like, invented airplanes. That was... And that's not true. But that's, that's basically what I thought it was. So I never bothered to watch either of them because neither of them really um, interested me at all. Now, obviously, they're completely different movies. Um, Actually, The Great Gatsby came out quite a long time after The Aviator. The mm-hmm. Aviator was like 2004. Great yeah, Gatsby yeah. was 2013. So so I, I would say probably in 2004 <clears throat> when The Aviator came out, it was just like kind of one of those, um, you know, kind of like perceived to be pretentious um films i i didn't even know martin scorsese directed it like it just completely was under my radar right right? um and in retrospect like i understand why it wasn't on my radar like it's 
again, it's like a biopic about some guy in the 20s who Howard Hughes, yeah. right, who did some stuff with airplanes, right? So like, why would I care to watch that? Um, but anyways, you know, you were like, oh yeah, I got this Leonardo DiCaprio movie that you'd like. You should watch this. And I was like, oh, well, let's watch Wolf of Wall Street. And it was at that point that I was like, oh, my God, Martin Scorsese directed both of them. This is like, this is a coup. Yeah. We've we've struck gold. Yeah. So, we've, yeah. We managed to find two Scorsese moves with, movies with DiCaprio in them that neither of us had seen respectively. It mm-hmm. was kind of a perfect storm. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyways, Wolf of Wall Street was a movie I had, I don't believe I saw it in the theater when it came out in theater. Um, I don't think I was seeing a lot of movies at that time. I was just like really busy with work. But um, when it came out on Blu-ray, I immediately went and picked it up. That's kind of like how I operated at the time. I was just like, ah, the theater, that's for, ugh, that's for people. I'll just go. <laughs> I don't want to go to where I don't people wanna, are. I don't want to go to where people are. So I would just wait until the movie came out and I would rent it or buy it. And I bought it. And it's a movie that you need three hours. Oh. But um, to me... It is a properly paced three-hour movie. Like I, for me, there's no point in the movie where I'm like, "Oh man, I'm bored." Mm. It's about a guy who breaks into sort of like the Wall Street, you know, hence the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, like in the late '80s, early '90s, after the market crash, and just sort of like lives this life of excess and, you know, kind of. Uh, some tomfoolery. And yeah. Does, does maybe some unscrupulous illegal things to yeah. buy and sell stocks and leading his company. It is a very, I would say it's very <clears throat> consistent with a lot of Martin Scorsese's earlier films where it is narrated by um, the main, uh, the, the main character. And that main character is, of um, he's a bit dubious. Yes. That's a good way of dubious. Yes, unscrupulous morals. Yeah, or, uh, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so I yeah I agree. So this is based off of a real guy whose name is Jordan, Jordan, Jordan something. Mm, Jordan. Jordan. Why? Uh, Jordan. Uh, Please do not do that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm trying to... You should fill the silence while I look it up. We should have done more research. We're bad at our jobs. Jordan Belfort. Um, Belfort, yeah. Jordan Belfort, who actually wrote the book, The Wolf of Wall Street. So it's based on his life. Um, and he ended up... Um, well, I won't spoil the movie for you if you've not seen it, but basically he ended up uh, doing doing some bad things and having to suffer the repercussions for those bad things. Um, but yeah, I'll agree with Nate. Like it's very entertaining. And for as long as it is, it is, it's the most well-paced movie for its length. So uh, one movie that we kind of have talked about off and on is gangs of New York. And I joke around that that is like one of the only movies I walked out of. And it wasn't cause it was a bad movie. It's because like I had to catch a bus to go home yeah. or I was going to get in trouble and I think that is a movie, also a Scorsese movie, right? Yeah. Also yeah. with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. See what's happening here? That I think was very long and not as well paced. Because there yeah. are some parts in that movie where it's like it dips down. You're like, oh, okay, when is the we're going to get to the point? I, I, uh, I love the Gangs of New York movie, but I will agree with you that I, f- I find it to be one of the more poorly paced Scorsese films that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any, any, like all of Scorsese's films. Um, I was looking before we started the podcast 
And there's like three or four in his catalog of movies he's directed that I haven't seen. Some of them are documentaries. Some of them are like, um, you know, he's like really into the Rolling Stones and he's got like a Rolling yeah. Stones movie. Um, but there's there's only a couple of other ones that I haven't seen that are like true films. Sure. And um, I love it, but I do think it is terribly paced. It's one of those movies Gangs where, of New York. Yeah, yeah, Gangs of New York. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's one of those movies where I, I'm not going to suggest – like I wouldn't suggest it lightly. Mm. I'd be like, hey, are you into like, are you into you know these types of movies and old the, crime films? Yeah, old blah, crime blah, blah. films, grittier stuff, American history. Right. Yeah, that, I, I would qualify it before I, you know, I my excitement wouldn't get the better of me. Whereas with the Wolf of Wall Street, when this movie came out and I saw it, uh, immediately I was like, oh, this movie's great. And the reason why I thought this movie was great was because. I'm really into to dark comedies. We, mm-hmm. We've had conversations similar to this. We had one in the last podcast where we we talked about Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. and you know you're like like these these movies aren't like making me like fond of these characters, and you know I, it. I, I was I was like yeah you know they're not really supposed to make you feel good about these characters, but I think it's something more than that, and I think The Wolf of Wall Street is indicative of. Um, Scorsese's tendency to direct mo- movies about people mm. who, regardless of whether or not it is in their best interest, are compelled beyond rationale to maintain what they believe is absolute control. And even as things are spiraling out, the their tendency is to um, you know, rationalize their lack of control by trying to like desperately grab for it. Hmm. So this, this movie I, f- I feel is an example of that. I feel casino uh, Goodfellas is an example of that. Um, we talked a little bit about boardwalk empire and yeah. I felt like that one was, was kind of aviator aviator kind of can fit into that, right. that idea too, where you've got this main character who like, you can't really you you root for, but you can't relate to. Right, and then you're kind of like they're given a point towards the end of the story where there's like there's an opportunity for redemption, but Scorsese's not necessarily leading you to that redemption. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, right. and now the film is over, and the characters are going to do what they're going to do, and there's an opportunity for them to change and become better people overall, but. That's not the story right. I'm telling. I, and I'd like to get your, your opinions about um, Wolf of Wall Street a little bit more, but I think the key element for me when I watch these movies that's different from The Aviator to The Wolf of Wall Street is in the narration. Hmm. A lot of these movies are either like narrated in such a way or um, are presented in such a way. So like Taxi Driver is another good example. Raging Bull is another good example. Where these are movies where you have you have characters that are kind of like slimy and maybe slightly irredeemable, but in a movie like The Wolf of Wall Street, that character is narrating their own sort of their own terrible lives, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're sort of like walking you through, like, "Yep, here's what I did. Sorry." And I feel like that's an element designed to humanize those characters. Whereas with The Aviator, I don't think that Howard Hughes didn't really need hum- humanizing because his illness was apparent. Mm-hmm. And like we as observers were probably already sympathetic because we knew that his actions and his compulsions were perhaps beyond his ability to control. Or really understand. Right. Maybe. Right. And, yeah. and definitely at that time before, like, you know, 
we even knew what obsessive compulsive disorder was. If Howard Hughes hadn't been rich, he would have gone to a sanatorium probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, for sure. He just he, he they would have just chalked him up to well, Howard can't function. Let's yeah. put him somewhere. Or he would have been homeless or something, right? right. right. Yeah. Um so you wanted to kind of know my impression of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's an interesting thing you bring up about the narration. Um I didn't really uh, get that as like a way to compare and contrast them, but that's interesting. So that's, if you listeners watch these two movies, that's maybe something to pay attention to is like how the narration maybe does give you insight so that you can kind of start to understand the motivations of these characters who are doing sort of unjustifiably kind of gross things. Um, and so Wolf of Wall Street, what I'll say to get back to the, the initial point about the, um, the time of the movie. It is like a long, long, long movie. It's like three hours. And yeah. I didn't realize how long it was until at one point, 40 minutes into the movie, I got a phone call from a friend that I really wanted to talk to. So we paused it and I talked to her for like 15 minutes and then we go to start the movie again. I'm like, Oh my God, it's 40 minutes of three hours. Like we had so much more movie to go. And, but I have to agree with Nate 100%. I don't think there's one piece of that whole long ass movie that needs to be cut it's all integral to the story it's all enjoyable to watch there was never a part of the movie where i was bored with the story um i i was i was tracking the whole time like okay understanding what i was being set up for what was coming next the path that they were leading me down but i wasn't like able to kind of see like okay this is definitely where it's headed and and get bored by doing that so i think it was an incredibly well-paced movie um and even though it was long i didn't feel like three hours only it did because we had to stop and go pee and stop and take a phone call and things like that like life got in the way of watching it the full three hours all at once um but I, I did I did like it. I thought it was really good. Um we watched these we watched Aviator first, and then a few days later we watched over the weekend we watched Wolf of Wall Street. And I, first of all, I'd recommend watching Wolf of Wall Street. Um definitely not PG. <laughs> so I wouldn't <laughs> recommend watching it with like anyone who wasn't an older teenager. Like, just for example, at one point in the movie, the gentleman that Leonardo DiCaprio is playing is at a dominatrix and has a candle in his ass. And I don't know for sure that the candle was actually in his ass, but he's got some strong butt muscles, if not, because it looked like it was down there pretty deep. It's, or they did some candle butt CGI. It's the first time that I've ever watched a movie with you where you asked me a question in all seriousness that went like this. Is he blowing cocaine into her ass or... And I was like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I like literally there's yeah. things happening in the movie where... I'm like, there was like, yeah, know. one part where I was like, is he blowing cocaine into her butthole or is he sucking it out? Like, I like, <laughs> so that's a question I legitimately had to ask, like, almost in a very scientific way. Like, I'm trying to understand what I'm seeing here. So, yeah, if that's not a thing that you want to see, might not be the movie for you. Probably don't want to watch it with your parents. No, definitely. Well, I mean, you know, depending on your relationship with your parents and how cool your parents are. Um, but anyway, so. Good movie. I would recommend anyone watch it who likes Scorsese, enjoys DiCaprio. But one thing I will say is something I never thought I would say when I was a preteen or a teenager. In love with Leonardo DiCaprio, circa Romeo and Juliet and the Titanic. Yes, I was one of those. He was like, oh, he was beautiful. Uh, I think I'm all DiCaprioed out. <laughs> because I'm all DiCaprioed out because we watched The Aviator, not a short movie, 
starring DiCaprio, and then Wolf of Wall Street, a very long movie starring uh-huh. Leonardo DiCaprio. So I need like a Leonardo DiCaprio palate cleanser, um, only because it was it was a lot of it was DiCaprio DiCaprio, which you know, great. But I just need a little bit of a break because I don't want to like overdo my, I don't want to overdose on my DiCaprio. Yeah. I want to still like appreciate it. I want to still get those like, you know, I don't want to have diminishing returns on Leo. He's such a good actor, right? It's um, weird kind of how he sort of jumped up into like, you know, my top five favorite actors. And I feel like he did it by just being in movies. Right. And you're like, oh shit, he's in that movie He's too. in every movie. Well, he's in a lot of movies, but he always plays like kind of bigger roles or pivotal roles in movies. Like, and I think the, another thing is, is we saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah, about a month or so ago, uh, like yeah. August, right? Yeah, I think early yeah. August or late July, whatever. And he's he plays a leading role in that alongside Brad Pitt. And uh, maybe that's he's, a, he's amazing. In he's that. amazing in that. Like he, de- I think he deserves to be nominated that, for that's, something. That's, that's the thing too. Sorry, go, I don't mean to interrupt you, Leonardo DiCaprio. In almost every movie he's in, he's amazing and gives an award-worthy performance, in my opinion. And the fact that it took so long for him to win an Oscar is kind of amazing. And I was like, I knew he got nominated for Best Actor for Aviator. And I was like, Nate, you got to watch this movie. Like, it's an incredible performance by him. Like, I don't know if it's his best performance ever. He's probably had, probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of his best. But that's that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, but like, for his age, when he made Aviator, I mean, I think he was still probably in his early thirties. Um, I don't know exactly. I know he's a little bit older than me, but um, he it was an amazing performance that he did. Like Howard Hughes had some wiggy behavior, yeah, and it was a pretty amazing performance without making his uh, neuroses or his like you know obsess his OCD seem comical. Like he actually made it seem really like sad and like yeah. you know um he's like, like 10 years it, older than you i think 10 years so he's yeah. like in his late 40s mid 40s um 74 when he was born oh okay so he's he's 45 um so but anyway like i looked it up i'm like he he had to have been nominated for this and he was he was nominated for best actor for aviator and he lost to i think jamie fox what's for the, ray what's the movie that uh with the bear where he won revenant Okay, because I haven't seen that either. We got to watch it. Yeah, and actually, like that's the thing. It's like I don't even think that's one of his best movies. It's definitely not one of his best movies. It's a good movie. I've seen I've seen the bear attack scene, but I've never seen the whole movie. You know what I mean? Like so, like I know his acting is like pretty damn good in that movie. Um, but <clears throat> that's not the point. Like when we were watching this movie, that was one of the selling points. You were like, "Oh my god, he's so great in this movie. He acts so well." Yeah. And in my head, it was kind of like, "Well, I've already seen him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." And that's the thing about Leonardo DiCaprio, and it, it's it's something that never occurred to me. I never realized it. I never really even thought about it. But it's like every movie I've seen him in, uh, like he's really incredibly good. Yeah. And every movie he comes out with, he's better than he was in the last one. And it's weird because I think the one of the movies he's least compelling in um, is that Christopher Nolan movie, um, uh, Inception. Okay. Inception's awesome. It's a great movie. But like, I never found him to be particularly compelling in it. And that's why it's so strange and pervasive. Because he can be in a movie that's an ensemble film, and his acting just falls into line with the cast. Also, I think this, this is also maybe a credit to his acting, and maybe this is the point you're driving home and I'm missing it. But Inception, the idea and concept and visuals of that movie 
almost the concept of the movie is the star of the movie. So the fact that he was able to act in an ensemble cast and not overshadow the really cool concept of that movie well, is, is more to his credit as him being an amazing actor. Right. And it's, yeah. I mean, look in just how I just referenced it, right? I right. was like, uh, that Christopher Nolan movie, right? That's how I thought of it. I didn't think that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and the same thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think of that as a, a you know, that's that's a Tarantino film, right? That's how I think of it. Um, but he's in it, and he's amazing. And he's amazing because he does have a lot of emotional range, but he acts as a character mm-hmm. like that i can tell there's more about that character that's happening that i don't know about right and the same thing with with this movie with um aviator inception aviator and Inse- aviator sorry, sorry. No, that's with okay. the aviator there's a lot more going on with that character and his obsession and the quirks of that character you know he's not really super like high intensity in that movie like in a bombastic yelling sort of way, the way that he is in Wolf of Wall Street. Right. But he, you, there's obsession with that character. Mm-hmm. You can tell that there's things that that character is compelled to do. And that character's searching for a ways to hold on to control mm-hmm. and, you know, keep a grasp on things. Right. Even though everything's playing against them. Absolutely. And there's another thing, kind of we're talking about this, and as as you're talking, I'm listening, but I'm also thinking back of like, what are some other Leonardo DiCaprio movies where I feel like both me, but also just generally like the the world, the audience that is the world was like, wow. And there's a thing that happened in Wolf of Wall Street. Basically, the character takes some very old drugs that <laughs> are... The the potency is still very high, but because of the age of these quaaludes, like the onset of action of the drug is the delayed. Yeah. The lemon scene is delayed. And so he's like, oh, nothing's happening here. Nothing's happening here. And like they end up taking like a lot. And as a result of that, he becomes kind of paralyzed, but he's still like he's still totally mentally with it. But he's well, sort of. Anyway, he becomes like basically paralyzed across his whole body and has very like imprecise and slow motor function. And there's a a scene where he's trying to get into his car while this is happening to him. And it's so amusing. It's funny, but it's also like, like you're watching it. Like, is he going to be able to get into this car? And it's so, it's like the, the physicality of it, like never mind having dynamic range and emotions and being able to cry and being able to emote these different things. But the physical acting of this was like beautiful to watch. Right. It was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is some Gilbert Grape level like movement, physicality. And I was like, oh my God, what's eating Gilbert Grape? That was probably like the first movie he did that I can remember that I'm that comes to mind where people were like, holy shit, Leonardo DiCaprio is an amazing actor. Um, and like, it's kind of like ever since he started making movies, whether it's Basketball Diaries or What's Eating Gilbert Grape, even Titanic. I mean, I know that movie gets a lot of hate because it's like kind of like a girl movie. Um, but even that, it was it was amazing, right? And that's probably what put him on the map with like a broader audience. But I don't think he's <laughs> ever made a bad. I don't think he's ever been in a movie that was like, oh, that movie shit. It's really funny to me because we're like we're like um, just like talking about Leonardo DiCaprio as if he's some like 
unknown like diamond in the rough yeah, actor. Yeah. It's like no, he's, no, he's like, like the biggest star in Hollywood. He's the biggest star in Hollywood. And right. everyone everyone knows him and loves him. Like you can't hate. Like Leonardo DiCaprio is an amazing actor and he proved it again, I think, in both of these movies. Yeah. yeah so Wolf of Wall Street, I would recommend it. It's a time investment for sure. And you're gonna see a lot of shocking things that may offend you or I don't know, maybe maybe you're not sensitive and you're not a snowflake. Uh but I saw some things where I was like, oh God. Like I was a little like not offended, but I was like surprised and shocked by there is there are some shocking things in this movie. Um, but anyway, uh, I like it. You should definitely watch it. Yeah, Aviator. Um, the Aviator. Uh, again, I I'm I'm kicking myself in the ass for not having watched it sooner because it does really tick off all those boxes. You know, I mean, it's obviously it doesn't have a mafia connotation. So there's no organized crime in it. But there actually is an element to that. Mm-hmm. This movie takes place in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. And so there's this this beat that goes through the film um, where uh, Howard Hughes buys up uh, TWA. And TWA is competing with Pan Am. And Pan Am is trying to basically monopolize the market on international travel. Mm-hmm. And they're going out of their way to try to essentially ruin him using politicians and using sort of um, the FBI. Right. Right. Just, just really hammering Howard Hughes, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the movie, I I don't know how true to life it is. I'm assuming it's relatively close, but um, so there is like that element in it, but it has the same degree of like, there's a certain level of like sorrow to that character as, as Howard Hughes descends into um, his own sort of madness and his inability to deal with his own um, disorder that I thought was very reminiscent of Raging Bull. Mm. Raging Bull is a boxing movie. Right. And, um, you know, it's it's just, a you know, it's about a guy who gets pummeled. And I feel like in that sense, they're very similar. The the How it rolls out, you know, how the story plays out, the actual outcome of both stories is totally different. But it felt it had like that raging bull feel to it. It had like a very similar feel to, um, you know, Casino, right? Like watching, and she hasn't seen Casino, so I don't want to give any spoilers. But you know, at the at the, I think I've got the gist. Though. At the end, the casinos are all sort of falling, right? It's right. the end of an era. It's, right. It's you know one individual person who could not operate outside of the parameters that they designed for themselves. And just sort of like the story of their life within it. And, you know, it was like, damn, another good Scorsese movie that I missed when I've seen it. So yeah. now I can add it to the rotation. Yeah. Um, so overall, Scorsese, always a win. Mm-hmm. I think probably one of my one of my favorite Scorsese movies that I can watch over and over again has got to be The Departed. Yeah. Um, that's probably still like one of my top ones, which is adapted from a Hong Kong movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it's called. But anyway, it's adapted from a Hong Kong movie. The killer? No. No. Um, well, let me Infernal, look it up. Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, gosh. Um, anyway, that's probably one of my favorites. I think because just all the actors do such a great job. And I think Mark Wahlberg is really good in that movie. So um, anyway, uh, I don't think it's going to kick. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street isn't going to kick that out of like my top one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, Aviator's still like great, and I will watch it. I, I'll say for Aviator, for as long and action packed as Wolf of Wall Street is, I think the Aviator can feel a bit slow in parts. Mm-hmm. There are some like lulls in the 
you're kind of like, oh, okay, what's next? But it's not as long, so you don't have as much to like get through um, in that. But yeah. So um, down the road for you, what mm. you have to look forward to is both casino mm-hmm. and taxi driver. Okay. Um, mean Street. I don't think is, I've is, seen is, Raging Bull either. So okay, we can add that Maybe. as well. So, but but I think uh, Raging Bull is great, but I think that um, taxi driver and casino are going to be more essential. Okay. Um, you know, like I, I, I'd like you to watch like the, the uh, some of the other movies that Scorsese has, but they're not, I, I wouldn't call them as imperative as like casino and taxi driver. Same thing with, with mean streets. I was talking, we should watch that, but that's like down the road. Like, you know, that's when we got nothing to do. Sure. Um, but, uh, um, those are very important Scorsese films. Casino, I think, is the better of the two overall. Mm-hmm. But Taxi Driver is very compelling as well, but for, I think, different reasons. Hmm. Okay. So, All right. So Aviator is good. You would recommend yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen The Aviator and you're into DiCaprio, Scorsese, you're into the 20s and 30s, um, it's expertly acted. It's well-directed. It's a compelling story. And like most Scorsese films, it doesn't end on you know, a happy note where everything wraps up with a perfect bow. So I would definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next, but we're getting into like the Halloween season. Yeah. Um, so if you guys have any recommendations on like horror movies, you'd like us to check out or review um, or anything spooky. Ooh, or Ooh. if we could find like a cool haunted house. I don't like haunted houses. Oh, well I do. So I get really scared. Like I uh, get in, I get too into it. Like I, I start to believe that the bad things that are happening could be real. So also you don't know this <laughs> yeah. and maybe I'll cut this out if it doesn't fit our, our, our conversation, but I was planning on too. We have a trip coming up in December. Okay. And I was planning on us kind of like just experiencing and reporting to people that watch or listen to. Oh yeah, episode. for sure. Yeah. So we do have a trip coming up in December for like the whole month. We're going to be uh, on location somewhere uh, <laughs> for a while doing some interesting, cool things um, for Nate. And yeah, so we'll definitely have to give like updates. Maybe if we have time and interest, we'll even like do a couple more podcasts yeah, in December. Maybe, maybe do some like out of the house recording with our video camera. Yeah. Post our, some uh, playing hooky stuff. Uh, yeah. that, Cause that is the ultimate playing hooky. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. Um, so stay tuned for that little, little surprise coming your guys' way. Um, but hit us up on Twitter or wherever you follow us. Um, iTunes reviews are always helpful. Yeah. They help people find us who you think might also be interested in this type of thing. And we're just two geeks who love each other that love, you know, taking a break from everyday life and sharing new things with yeah. each other. And, so, And uh, one of the things that I could advise you to do is if you listen to this like on iTunes or you listen to this like on uh, your, your app or something, you know, your Stitcher or whatever, if you see that there's a YouTube video up, Watch it on YouTube. Listen to it on YouTube. Um, only because, you know, YouTube works off of engagement. So if you let this play in the background, but it's on a video player, that actually will help us out a little bit more on YouTube. So not that we have enough people for it to really matter yet at this no, point. No, no. But people can be less important. A numeric quantity of people can be less important than overall engagement. If you watch to, you know, a 45 minute long podcast on YouTube, 
you know, that's like how many five-minute long videos you'd have to post for the same amount of people. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's there's something to it. There's some kind of math and science right. and wizardry involved we're, that I am not informed on. So We're not big enough. Listen to that, to that guy. We're not big at all. It's like yeah. you and me and like two guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a couple of cool people. It's like I, a couple of, like, listen, if you're listening <clears> to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, uh, we think you're awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's very nice of you because really... There is nothing I don't think interesting or compelling about either one of us, and yet you're still <laughs> listening to us. So maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I don't. I'm not wrong very often. Make it so. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, next episode, two weeks. We're going to try really hard to stay healthy, not have allergic reactions to things, not get sinus infections, and then we'll be back at you probably with some books or movies or shows or yeah. something. Well, well, I think we'll try really hard to switch it up this time because we did two back to back episodes where it was just movies, and movies are great because they allow me to edit cool stuff into the videos. They're easy too. But, they're easy to watch. Right, they're, they're they're easy, but I don't want to like devolve devolve. I don't want to like turn into just to like a movie review podcast. Fair enough. You know, so we're going to work hard to figure out what our next playing hooky is, what, what I can bring to the table and what she can bring to the table. We've got some books pending. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we do some graphic novels again. Maybe yeah. we go back and do some some comic book I agree. stuff. I co- agree. Co- comic book stuff. Comic Or if you guys have horror movies that you really want us to watch that you love, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if we've seen them or not, we'd be happy to review them. So hit us up there and let us, or you know, wherever we're at, and I don't know, words or a thing, and let us know what horror movies you want us to watch. All right, cool. Well, thank you folks for listening, and be sure to check out our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for more podcasty stuff and artwork and subscribe and leave us reviews and do all that responsible stuff that you have to do so that we can keep doing this. Thank you. Bye. Hey folks, this is Rachel from utilitymuffinlabs.com. If you enjoyed the Playing Hooky podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to utilitymuffinlabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter, at Hooky Podcast, on Instagram and Facebook at our Utility Muffin Labs name, and support us on YouTube at Utility Muffin Labs. Check out our other gaming-related podcasts, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade and the Nerd Words Podcast. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate. Adequate.